your Washington Nationals just made another free agency move. Can't you believe it? I can't, guys. This is unbelievable. But we did actually make a move today, so I'm going to be discussing that. But then also, I want to get into the future of Luis Garcia and as well as Joey Manessas and kind of get to what they can be. What can they be is the ultimate question. We're going to get into all of that and more right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for Nationals baseball into podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network. And now to get in some news as the Nationals, yes, your Washington Nationals, did make a move today for a left-handed bat slash left fielder with Corey Dickerson on a one-year deal worth about two, $3 million. It could push to $3 million. But right now, the initial signings is for about $2 million. And guys, that is the market that the Washington Nationals have to be in right now. This is something to where I have been praising all offseason. It's not just myself. It's maybe even yourself at home. Maybe it's someone that you read, a blogger. Nats talk over on Twitter. He talks about this all the time, or rather talk Nats over on Twitter. But today, the Nats report over on Twitter, he broke the news that the Nationals will be signing left fielder Corey Dickerson to a one-year deal. And again, guys, this is the market that the Nationals are going to be in. In a rebuild, you take one-year flyers on guys. That's what you need to live in. That's what they need to breathe in. This is what it is. We were never going to be signing someone like Michael Conforto. It was fun to talk about, but we knew that was never going to happen. We knew we wouldn't be able to fork over the money to land someone of his caliber, or even anyone else. Name it, it's probably over our budget right now. But seriously, from what the Nationals have been able to work with all offseason, all the adversity with the ownership situation looming, we don't know what their budget is. It's obviously pretty low. So the Nationals have been making the most of what this is a total bad outcome from the ownership standpoint. Because we thought we were going to have new owners coming in and maybe the slight possibility of them wanting to be aggressive and landing a big-ish name to where the Nationals could work with. But that's not been the case. Learners are here, and they're working with what they can right now. And this is fine in a rebuild. Signing Corey Dickerson is going to give him a platform to one bounce back after a couple rough years, honestly. And but even then, this is an average big league hitter. And at last episode, I was talking about how the Nationals do need just simple, average big league bats to actually help them in the long run because this lineup isn't looking too good, if we're being quite honest. It's not looking great. So having a left-handed bat, which was a need for the Nationals, and having a left fielder now fills both those needs. This is not someone who's going to be here for the long run. In fact, 
there's a 99% chance he's gone by the deadline in July. 99% chance. And about saying that, that's the business that the Nationals need to be in. If they're able to flip Corey Dickerson for whatever it is, that's a win. That means he's somewhat competitive. He's somewhat being a better hitter than he has in the past few years. But then again, this isn't someone who's just been bad. He's actually been a competitive hitter. Someone who can hit for power. We saw it plenty of times over the years when he was with the Marlins, the Phillies, the Pirates. We've seen him in the NL. He's been to Nationals Park. He's familiar with the ballpark here on Half Street in D.C. So, with that being said, getting a left-handed bat that could hit for a little bit of power, that could get some runs batted in, that will be able to get on base at some point. And again, this is someone who's going to be filled with opportunities. And what we need for Corey Dickerson is to have him get back to like his 2019 form. In 2019, he had a 906 OPS and batted 304. And yes, that was also in limited time, playing in only 78 games that year. Then again, that is a well above average big league hitter. In fact, that is one of the top hitters in baseball, if you really stack up the numbers there. So this is someone who's won a gold glove, been an all-star. And that's what the Nationals are going to be living in right now. It's not going to be the flashiest of signings. This isn't someone who's going to be talked about as one of the main headlining trade assets of the deadline. But there's going to be some interest there. This is someone who's been traded plenty of times throughout his career. He's been given an amplitude of opportunities to start in left field. He's given other opportunities to start at DH even the last year at the Cardinals. He just didn't take the advantage that he had with them. So now he's here signing a one-year, $2 million deal with the Washington Nationals. And that's just fine. This isn't something to where I expect for him to completely blossom with the Nationals. If we had Kevin Long, if we had the hitting coach that I believed in, then I think we could get a decent prospect out of him. But we're looking at this from a trade perspective. Because, again, a 32-year-old is not going to be signing with us in the long term. Or actually, a 33-year-old, rather. This is not someone who's going to be signing with us to win in 2025. He's not going to be here, I can tell you that. But what we will want, we want the best prospect in return for him. And that's what a win when it comes out to be a Corey Dickerson trade. That's what we're setting ourselves up for right now. You look at last year, the Nelson Cruz decision, that's what it was for as well, but it blew up in our face. We expected Nelson Cruz to be Nelson Cruz and not have a 588 OPS through a few months in baseball. We expected him to be a multi-home run, big RBI guy, and getting on base and being a leader in the clubhouse. We got the leader in the clubhouse part, but we didn't get the on-field success that we wanted from Nelson Cruz. So now, signing someone like Corey Dickerson to a one-year, $2 million deal, this is what rebuilding teams do. This is the recipe to getting back your farm system. You're going to flip Corey Dickerson at the deadline, Hope to God that this guy for the first few months of the year actually produces, hits well, hits the ball out of the yard, and ultimately stays healthy so we can flip him at the deadline for whatever that may be. I point to this every time. John Lester for Lane Thomas. 
That is a steal, a bargain for the Nationals. We got someone who was our MVP this last year with Lane Thomas. That's what you can get for someone who may not be that useful anymore. Someone like Corey Dickerson, who, you know, he's signing with the Nationals on a one-year, $2 million deal for a reason. One, because he's not that good. And two, he needs opportunities. And that's what it ultimately comes down to when you sign someone like Corey Dickerson. He's going to want the opportunity, and he's going to be getting that opportunity here with the Nationals. And he understands that, and that's the important thing about it. He's going to know his role. He's going to know what he can and can't do, and that's that. Hopefully, he gets traded to a contender so he can win a ring. That's what he wants, and ultimately, that's what's probably going to happen. Maybe not winning the ring part, but then again, this is what it looks like in a rebuild. And this is how a rebuilding team acts. Cheap, older vets who could potentially blossom this year, and you flip them at the deadline, you add those assets, and you hope that assets that you get in return for vets like this turn into something that can help you down the line. It's the key to success in a market to where you need success pretty quickly here in a big market in Washington, D.C. You don't want to have a long, stretch-out rebuild just like the Baltimore Orioles. We're not like that. We're the Washington Nationals. We're a top-six market. People are going to want to see wins, and they're going to want to see wins quick. And this is how you operate. So kudos to Mike Rizzo, and kudos to that front office staff for making this signing. This is going to be something to where we're going to have to watch over the year, and you better be rooting for Corey Dickerson. Because the more that he can produce at the plate is the better that it will fare out for the Washington Nationals in the long run making a trade. Because that's the end goal. Dickerson plays well, he hits well, and then you trade him at the deadline for who knows what. That's the goal for the Washington Nationals as long as Corey Dickerson is a Washington National. So now I want to move on to discuss Luis Garcia and really the future that he has, because we haven't really talked about him too much, but it's honestly an interesting case. I think we forget about how good Luis Garcia can be at times. And I'm going to prove that to you by showing his AAA numbers. But before that, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, and of course, college basketball. We've got it all on betonline.net. And guys, they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, as this is what I do. I just look up betonline.net. I find all the stats, all the news, and all the info that I could possibly want to make a good bet. And it's a pretty solid option, guys. It's just what I do. I want to spend a little money. I want to get rid of some of this money that I have. Guess what? My friends at Bet Online, they let me know what I should be doing. So you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now we get back into Locked On Nationals as we need to talk about Luis Garcia and the future that he has with the Washington Nationals. Because if you remember, Luis Garcia back in 2020 as a 19-year-old making his debut 
in the major leagues as a 20 year old. He literally just turned 20, I believe, about 10 to 15 days prior to him getting that call up in the COVID year. But this is someone who Mike Rizzo and his staff were kind of excited about. They were optimistic about what he could bring just because of the numbers that he produced down in the major and down in the minor leagues, rather. Luis Garcia is not a big name prospect. He is not someone who has been on everyone's radar from the beginning, but this is someone who actually has hit across his career down in the minor leagues. In, per- in particular, he has over the last few years when he's been down in AAA. In 2021, in AAA Rochester, this is someone who batted 303 and had a 970 OPS and 13 home runs and 25 RBIs in only 37 games played there. There is a power display for Luis Garcia that we haven't tapped into at the major league level. Luis Garcia is someone who is a natural shortstop. That's what he prefers. But then again, he's going to be a second baseman here in the major leagues with the Washington Nationals because of C.J. Abrams. And obviously, I don't need to get into why that is. C.J. Abrams is the better shortstop. He's one of the better young shortstop defensively in the sport, in my mind. That's how high I think of C.J. Abrams at shortstop. And we've seen the errors from Luis Garcia. You've seen the mistakes. You know what he can and can't do in the middle infield. We've seen it. You know it. You've observed it. We don't want to see that anymore at shortstop. He's a second baseman in the big leagues. That's just my opinion. But now, ultimately, what can or can't he be? What is too crazy to think about what Luis Garcia can and can't be. Because honestly, I look at Luis Garcia, and this is someone who was a top 100 prospect. And according to Baseball America, even in 2019, he was the 61st best prospect there. Then he dropped down to 91st from Baseball America post-2020, or post-2019, rather. And what is that to say? Did he kind of flutter a little bit in the minor leagues? Yes, People will have their downfalls, really, when it comes to just hitting. It's a streaky thing to do. But when you look at his projections and kind of how some of these people are projecting Luis Garcia to play out, baseball reference has him batting 270 with the 721 OPS and 413 plate appearances. I think that's a right about fair. I think it's a little understretching his value because this is someone who can hit. And he can hit for power. But then ultimately, what's been his biggest issue? It's been pitch selection. You've seen Luis Garcia chase 0-2 breaking balls in the dirt. He still makes those young rookie mistakes. And he's kind of been up and down for the majors and the minors. He hasn't really gotten his full feet in the door besides this last year. That was his last time really just being in the big leagues, knowing that he's going to be a starter for the rest of the year, as Davey literally said that as he was called up. He said he's going to be our shortstop slash second baseman moving forward for the rest of the year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is our guy moving forward. Luis Garcia goes into this year with that second base spot tied up. He has no competition for it, and this is the time for him to really step into the zone and do what he can do best. And what can he do best? Make contact. Get on base. That's what Luis Garcia is for. This guy has speed. This guy has a little bit of power. He has a little bit of swagger to him as well. 
So once Luis Garcia can figure out his pitch selection and start taking those pitches opposite field and not getting jammed on those inside sliders that we've seen a ton from over from the left side of the plate. If Luis Garcia can find a way to just stay inside on a lot of these pitches that he seems to bite on regularly in the major leagues, this is someone who could be a typical above average hitter. And if you know that, all I'm asking for is average hitters for the Nationals. So we have a pretty low bar right now. But Luis Garcia could be one of these guys that takes a step up that we don't really talk about. Because then again, this guy is still young. He's still only 22 years old. He's going to be 23 years old by the time coming up this year in the summer. So this is someone who actually can take a next step forward and potentially be something for this team in a rebuild where it drastically needs talent and it needs talent fast. But before I get into the talent, let me tell you about my friend, Lindsey Crosby. Thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. You can talk. You can now listen to Locked On MLB Prospect, which is hosted by Lindsey Crosby, and he is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on all the MLB stars of tomorrow, and it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as I was talking about MLB stars of tomorrow, it brings up this question. Can Luis Garcia potentially be a star for the Washington Nationals? And my answer to that, maybe not. Maybe not a star. But we don't need stars. We need average to above average major league hitters. We need people that belong. And most importantly, we need young guys. Luis Garcia is a young guy. We need him to turn out. If he can turn out to be something, this moves this rebuild even more further along. Having just taken one piece to the puzzle and fixing that, that's a step. If you were able to solidify a second baseman moving forward and Luis Garcia is that guy, and then not only you have that tandem of Luis Garcia and C.J. Abrams in the middle infield, you have your middle infield set for the next five-plus years at least. That is a big domino in this rebuild. And then over at first base, we don't really know what will shake out there. Right now, it sounds like Dom Smith is going to be handling that spot. Is he going to be the future? Probably not. He's probably alongside the Corey Dickerson trade. He'll probably be getting traded. But having your middle infield set with C.J. Abrams over at shortstop, the young 21-year-old, paired with a 22-year-old Luis Garcia who has time in the major leagues, who has more experience in the major leagues than C.J. Abrams, and they could come up together, and they both kind of have the same needs right now. Luis Garcia is fine at second base. C.J. Abrams is just fine at shortstop. He will be a star defensively in my mind. But with Luis Garcia, if he can actually find out his way to, to really cover that hole in his swing, if he can protect himself at the plate and get a better eye and kind of be more selective when it comes to pitch. And this is someone who actually could be a really good hitter in the major leagues because you saw it in AAA, and that's what it is for me. He does have this ability. He does have this power that you saw in AAA Rochester this past year. You saw it in 2021 as well. You see it from him. And I'm that guy to where I got to see it to believe it. And the reason why I believe it with Luis Garcia is because I've seen him do it down in the lower levels. Now he's just got to be more selective in the major leagues because honestly, 
for a batting average perspective, if you're in a batting average, not myself, batting 247 is not bad at all. It's not great. It's not something to where, or actually 275 rather, 242 was what he hit in 2021. In 2022, batting 275 is pretty solid if you're looking at batting average. But that's not for me. I'm looking at power. I need you to get on base. And that's truly what it needs to come down to. And then what it ultimately comes down to is pitch selection for Luis Garcia moving forward. Drive the ball out to the left field. Don't be afraid. And ultimately, just getting on base. That's what I need to see from Luis Garcia moving forward. But before we get into Joey Manessis and kind of finish on him and get down to if he was a fluke or not, let me tell you about my friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or even Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Mine, I do the cookies and cream. It's that that easy. If you're close to Sam Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Guys, you can thank me later. And now, one of the better stories across all of baseball in the 2022 season with the Washington Nationals, and that was star 30-plus-year-old Joey Manessis. Now, you may ask me, what can we expect from Joey Manessis moving forward? What is there to expect with them? Do we even have expectations for this guy? I'm here to tell you, you should. As I was getting into, and as I've been saying all year, I'll believe something when I see it. If you're going to tell me Bigfoot's over there and I didn't see Bigfoot, guess what? I'm not going to be believing Bigfoot. You tell me a ghost is around your corner and I don't see that ghost around the corner, I'm not going to believe there is a ghost there. But again, I go back to results, math, numbers, and that's what I see with Joey Manessis. I see someone who has been a solid hitter throughout the minor leagues. Just look at the numbers yourself. This is someone who actually can help this team right here, right now. And again, my favorite topic of the world, potentially flip him at the deadline. Or if not, you keep him and he's here for another four plus years, hopefully raking. Because that's what we need. We need bargain shopping guys. We need to find a clearance rack and hit a home run figuratively. And Joey Manessis is along those lines, just like Luis Garcia. So that's why I try to take a look at this from that perspective. What did we invest in Joey Manessis? Not much. In fact, basically nil to nothing. And that's why I look at this from this perspective. If Joey Manessis flat out stinks this year, let's just say he does. No big deal. 
You're not going to see me flailing my arms up in the air going nuts about it because we don't need that. That's not an investment that we need return in. If he provides good return, if he hits the way he did from August all the way through September last year, then I don't know what to say. I mean, that's an all-star bat. I don't expect that performance from him. But what I do expect is for someone to hit around a 750 OPS. Someone who's going to get on base. Someone who can hit home runs, drive in runs. And especially for a team that lacked run support last year from the offense. That's going to be a big jump for us. And that's something that the Nationals will need to monitor moving forward. How will they pay for him? How will they ultimately use his talent? Will he be a DH? Will he play first base? Will he be in left field? There's different scenarios in where this could play out. But ultimately, we just need Joey Manessis to show up. And if he's good, he's good. If he's not, he's not. There's no investment in there. It's a cheap signing for the Nationals. So now, we just got to hope that he actually does turn out well. Because that's the ultimate ultimate goal for us. We don't need an all-star. We don't need a 950 OPS. We just need an average hitter, and this is all perfectly fine for the Washington Nationals. You don't have to do five things great. Do one thing great. Come off the bench, maybe. Hit a couple home runs. That's what we need from Joey Manessas to actually make it successful for the Nationals in the long run. But thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. And for tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be talking with Danny Noakes from 106.7 The Fan, one of the most knowledgeable baseball guys that I know here in the DMV area. So you guys will want to hear that and all of his and my opinions on the Nationals moving forward. But now, make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, and it is free and available wherever you get your podcast. So thanks for listening today, guys. I will be talking to you tomorrow. You will want to hear my conversation with my good pal, Danny Noakes. That'll be coming your way tomorrow morning.